What up, what up? Welcome to the There's More podcast. This is Hannah Nitz. So excited today for you guys to get a part of this conversation that I had, which I lovingly named Giving Up Lots of Stuff. So it works out really well that two people who I just really adore and think are awesome and are friends of mine um, have a local morning show here in Akron, Ohio. Well, I mean, technically in Cleveland. I live in Akron, so I think everything's in Akron, but it's actually Cleveland. Uh, Moody Radio Cleveland. The morning show co-hosts there are Brian and Janelle. And um, I got to be on air with them talking through this concept of me essentially making the argument that neutral things aren't actually neutral. Uh, You know, we talk often about giving up sin, We talk about walking away from sinful things, you know. Duh, read the Bible, we know about that. Um, Man, but the more that I've been learning about surrender, the more I've learned that God asks us to give up lots of stuff, um, that that stuff that isn't sinful, in exchange for knowing Him better. So, sounds complicated, (laughs) doesn't it? Um, So anyway, I talked on the radio with them, just wanted to give you guys a few of those clips. So the handsome voice starting us off is Brian. Uh, You'll hear Janelle in there as well talking about giving up lots of stuff. So excited for you guys to hear our radio conversation. Well, but you know, I think what God often does is he pushes us in areas where we need to grow. And you've never struggled with individuality, have you? Oh, no. I've always been like, if someone doesn't like me, they're wrong. <laughs> like, oh, that I'm, is awesome. I'm, I mean, it sounds awesome, Janelle, and I think I've been applauded for it being awesome for a while. Um, until I more recently have been discovering that God uh, loves humility. Yeah, and um, I actually just two months ago, I have this page in my journal as I was praying to God, and I said, "Can you teach me?" why you like humility because I think it's super lame and uh, it's been a rough two months I will tell you that I just think um, it's been a sweet way that God's been teaching it to me but it's um, turns out he's real into it and it's it's as the word is it's humiliating in a humbling, in a humbling you know, way it brings up another tension and not to add more layers that we need to deal with, but humility isn't a lack of self-confidence. And as somebody who wants to grow in confidence, I'm like, man, that's, I don't know if, I think the Lord might want us there, but does it mean you have to lose that to grow in in humility? Hmm. Do you have to lose self-confidence to grow in humility? Hmm. Um, I will say that this last year, as I've been growing more in the Lord, it is the least confident I've ever felt in myself. Wow. Because normally I would walk into a room and I would be the most confident person and I'd be like, look who's arrived. And I'm like, (laughs) ready. Like you want the Hannah show. And I guess for me, Janelle, and it's been so personal between me and God that it's him very specifically asking me to stop the Hannah show Mm -hmm. that the end goal isn't to get people to like me, to get people to follow me on Instagram for people to think I'm cool. Yeah. And that's where a lot of my confidence was in. Mm. So, um, so you had the wrong kind of individuality. You had yeah. the wrong kind. It's not that being an individual is an inherently bad spiritual thing. It's yeah. that sometimes God needs to destroy the wrong kind to build the right kind. 
Did I have the wrong kind? That's such an interesting question. I think you had to think about that. I think I was just more obsessed with me than I was with God. Mm-hmm. I've been doing the Hannah show for about 10 years now. <laughs> I've been the main star, the only star, uh, and it's been a sold-out show. So, Oh, wow. And what, what I didn't realize until recently is that what you had done is create like a spiritual explanation for it of sorts. Oh, where, that sounds so ugly. Well, true, though, <laughs> friend. Oh, Brian. <laughs> You have you have a blog you posted about this. Yes, yeah. And where I think you really exemplify this idea that you had created what you would call a neutral category of things. Explain this. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I um I think for years I've had these um hobbies or interests that were completely neutral. If I I would joke Brian that I would use the test that I think all of us learned if you grew up in the church, which is the Jesus on the couch test. <laughs> Like, if you're watching a movie and Jesus is on the couch next to you, would you be okay watching that movie? Or if you were having this conversation with your friends or engaging in this hobby, would you be cool with it? And, and you, you know, did that. yeah. And if it passed the test, I was, it was neutral. Like, it wasn't sinful, uh, right? Jesus is cool with it. It's not a sin, it's neutral. So I had a lot of neutral areas of my life. I would say a lot of them were um, things that aren't bad, like news. Uh, Christian news, like being in the know on what's going on in the world, being interested in politics. Like I wasn't sinning. I wasn't being foolish. I just had hobbies, interests, just like we all do, just like fun things in life that were very, were neutral areas. Like I was making sure that I wasn't sinful in them. You know what I mean? I have to ask you about this though, because I'm fascinated by the Jesus on the couch thing. I didn't grow up with that, that visual thing. So let's say that you and Jesus are watching a movie. Yes. And you go, Jesus, are you, is this good? You yeah. like this one? You, am I okay with this? And he'd be like, oh, this is fine, Hannah. Then what happened to Jesus? Oh, he, <laughs> like, where did he go? Like, did he stay and watch with you? Or was he like, all right, you're fine now. I'm out of here. We'll see you in a while when you're done. I just never even asked that question. I guess, <laughs> I guess the point of it was I interacted with Jesus as a worldview to help me make decisions that would honor him. You know what I mean? I don't know if he stayed on the couch or not. <laughs> well, but 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 see, for for me, what I'm trying to say is, oftentimes I would use that a similar concept without yes. without that same imagery of like Jesus can have permission to do this, and once he gave it to me, I just kind of went and did it and didn't worry about him anymore. Yes, that's a great point. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm like, it okay, thanks, like, man. I'm, yeah, cool. if this isn't sinful, like if this is something that is is not bad, then it's it's neutral. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like asking your mom when you're a kid, "Can I go over to Jimmy's house?" Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I know, mother. Yeah, okay, sure. Go go ahead. And then yeah. Go, See him up. Yeah. <laughs> you just go. Yeah, and I just, I think for the last 10 years, I've really filled my life with a lot of neutral things. Again, I'm still going to church. I'm still involved in a <laughs> biblical community. I'm still on Moody Radio. But I am engaging in these interesting hobbies or politics like or— Like what? Like what were you doing that was neutral? Um, I just loved to be in on the know, Brian. Like I, I would just say like reading the news— um, following politics, watching pop culture. Um, you love pop culture. Yeah, pop culture things. Like you guys were talking about the Oscars the other day. I'd eat that stuff up. Like I'd watch it. I would just be interested in it. I would want to know what was going on in the world so that I could walk into any circle and be like well read and a well rounded human being. And I think that that's a, it's just again, it's it's neutral. It's like this isn't a spiritual aspect. This is just a neutral thing. And I think, Hannah, you created this category of things that many of us do, where we ultimately are not looking to 
be in close relationship with Christ. We're looking for him to give us permission to do things. And then once he gives us permission, we just kind of like, cool, now I can watch the Kardashians or now I can <laughs> watch this movie or hang out with my friends or yeah, dance or whatever. Isn't isn't bad. Like all of us have hobbies and interests. Like we don't spend the entire time we're awake interacting with God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we right. do things that are neutral. So, yeah, I think we all have that pieces of that, you know, mm-hmm. hobbies, interests, things you read about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where are you now with this neutral things? Like you used to have that category of neutral things, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially, I, I, for the past 10 years, would say that a large piece of my life and time frame was filled with these neutral things, things that I enjoy, things that were fun. Um, and over the past year, I've actually gotten rid of a lot of neutral things, and the difference in my relationship with God is significant like crazy significant. So it started probably, I don't know, maybe six months, a year ago. It was the first time, Brian, that I felt this switch in my heart that when I was spending time with God, it wasn't enough. Like I I wanted more of God. And that was a phrase that I heard growing up in the church. You know, you'll hear people say, I'm just in this sweet spot where I'm going deeper with God, or I just really and it was want— breathy like that? Mo- it's always breathy. <laughs> I always just want more of the Lord. And I just never could understand it. I was like, yeah. I, I get enough. Like, I go to church. I listen to moody radio. I listen to Christian music. Like, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't also need a Jesus t-shirt. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And all of a sudden, this past year, I started asking these questions of God that I had never before. Um, God, how can I desire you more? How can I enjoy spending time with you more? How can I, when I'm with you, know you even better? And I was ready for him to, I don't know, I guess, show me areas of sin or you know, take take this um, these pieces of my life and be like, well, you're doing this wrong, and if you do this. And instead, uh, what he did was ask for a lot of these neutral areas in my life that I would have never thought he cared about, um, which is confusing, Brian, because, I mean, if you think about salvation, it's free. It's this free, beautiful gift. And you, too, talk about this all the time on air, how sweet this thing is. Like the story of the gospel is truly, we do nothing. There's no list of rights or wrongs. There's no things like you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to earn this. Like Jesus just, we are given this gift of Jesus. Um, But at the same time, the more that I'm reading the Bible, like intimacy with God and this knowing of God over and over and over again says that it costs us everything, everything. And I think I focused a lot more on the, the gospel is free, <laughs> a little bit less on the, it costs you everything. Yeah, I mean, we, costs, yeah. we talk about these verses like it's no big deal. Like Galatians 2.20. How many times do we talk about this? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Like it's no longer the Hannah show. It's the Jesus show. And this full surrender of all of me and all that I am somehow felt like such a contrast to this free gift that I was receiving from Jesus 
that I didn't I didn't quite understand that those could happen at the same time. Um, but I, man, I read these verses in Matthew the other day as I'm going through this whole desiring God in this new way. Matthew 10, I'm sure I've heard these verses a million times, right, Janelle? And then all yeah. of a sudden you hear it again and you're like, whoa! Uh-huh. Um, Matthew 10, 44 and 45. The kingdom of heaven is a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is a merchant. <clears throat> merchant. That was an exciting way to say merchant. A merchant in search <laughs> of fine pearls. Who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Man, I read these verses the other day, and I was like, yes! Like, this is what I'm experiencing. This is the giving up of these neutral things in my life. Guys, this guy finds the kingdom like a treasure. He joyfully sells all that he has. I've just always interacted with, if I want... More of Jesus, it's this like, oh, it's a discipline. You know, you hear the word spiritual discipline. I hate discipline. And it's like, oh, it's this thing I have to do. I have to get up. I have to pray. I have to practice these spiritual disciplines. And this verse in Matthew, it's like, man, I want what this dude had. Like he joyfully sold his whole life mm-hmm. in exchange for the kingdom. Yeah. And I've just started to get this taste of when I'm asking God not to help me with disciplines, but to help me with a heart that actually desires him even more than neutral things. It's like me being willing to give up watching Netflix for four hours on my own because I'm going on a date with my husband or me willing to give up watching a political debate because I'm so interested in what's going on in the world. Because instead, I'm having dinner with my best friend. Like, it's this giving of these neutral things in my life, not out of this discipline, but a joy of, God, I want more of you, and there are more hours in my day that I can interact with you in. Do you know what I mean? I, I do. And I, I wonder, when I'm listening to this, how much it's—I I think there's, there's a unique struggle for the person raised in a Christian environment. Yeah. This to, was me, yes. To, to, and, and me. Yes. To truly understand what it costs to follow Jesus. Because there, there's less of a tangible cost, even though I Correct. think God's yes. expectations of surrender are tangible and intangible. Like I was talking to Michael Rydelnik yesterday, um, yesterday evening, and, he, and I was reminded of the fact that when he came to Jesus, he gave up his father, as in his father disowned him. Hmm. And that cost, I think, when you have to make that kind of dramatic choice, like so many Christians around the world make, my family or Jesus, it, it's suddenly you're, you're forced to say, I'm giving up everything. But when we all, like, our parents love Jesus, there's not that kind of cost, I think we think we can get away without the surrender you're talking about. That's such a good point. But the way you're presenting it now, now brings something that can confuse people because we're saying— we, we're paying a cost while at the same time we're saying it's free, right? Yeah. And so you're getting something. There's tension there. So where where is it? How do you reconcile the cost with salvation's free? You don't have to do anything. That's what I would call, I would call that grace abuse. It's you just like the transactional part of salvation, but you think you can get away with not changing anything about yourself. 
because, hey, I'm raised in a Christian home. I understand this whole Jesus thing. We're great. I can watch this show. It's neutral. Hey, Jesus loves neutral things as opposed to, do I really want Jesus to transform me? Do I really want to do the Romans 12, 2 thing? Let God transform me into a new person by changing the way I think. No, I think we'd prefer to just kind of go, yeah, I love that Jesus guy and that free thing he gave me. Yeah. Let's hang out. Yeah. And I think, Janelle, I think what you're asking is a really good question. And I think um, I'm trying to to recall over the past 10 years if I can even come up with an example of a time that it cost me something. I mean, I really, I really can't until this last year because you're right, Brian. I mean, where I am in life, being a believer is celebrated. And mm-hmm. I mean, even another step of honesty here, being on Moody Radio as a believer is celebrated even more. Oh, yeah. sure. Like, like you've arrived somewhere. Yes. Like yeah. I mm-hmm. will go somewhere and someone will be like, oh my gosh, he and I listened to you on the radio. I love listening to you on the radio. Uh, that feels good. You yeah. know, it's like, yes, I'm a Christian and I'm on the Christian radio. Like you, it's this, it's celebrated. It's this good thing. And I think part of what I'm talking about with the giving of the neutral items is again, a phrase you hear all the time in the church of it being a heart issue. And that's something that I've heard. I've heard people say like, oh man, when you're making that decision, like it's really a heart issue. It's really between you and God. Guys, if you're never spending time just with you and God, you are not ever working on heart issues. And that was me. I was doing the I believed in God. I loved him. I went to church. He was my worldview. He was my savior. He was my, like, he he was a big deal. But I was not interacting with him one-on-one in the hidden spots that no one sees, saying, God, what are you asking of me? How can I desire you more? And that's where all of this changed. Uh, I don't think, Hannah, you're saying spiritual maturity equals giving up Instagram and politics. Hmm. No, I'm not. And so we but need that to is be an sure interesting we, question. <laughs> but I think we need to explore maybe why God's taking you there. Yeah. And where he might be asking God to take someone else some, in, in, to a similar heart place yes. in a different journey. I mean, it's encouraging because literally on the way here, I said, God, I much preferred when you let me talk about fluffy stuff <laughs> yeah. instead of like, Surrender more of your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not, it's not the cheeriest message. It is, but it's not, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's hard to explain in some respects. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's essentially giving up things that you love in ways. Right. Which is hard. Right. Ooh. But you asked the question right before. You said, or I don't know if it was a question. You said, you don't think she's saying that for every believer, at every time, it's give up all the neutral things. Can you explain yeah. like where, where you're going with that? Yeah, because Hannah is the least legalistic person I know. And so I know you're not aiming towards legalism. And oftentimes, we as Christians love to have a neat little package wrapped up where it's like— There ain't no package, y'all. Right. Where someone's like, okay, <laughs> give me the two points. Give me the, the three steps yeah. to do this. Step yeah. one, delete Instagram from your phone. Step right. two, no, you're not saying that. What you're saying is that you ask God to get closer with—that you want to be closer with him. And you didn't know it's going to cost you some things you love. Correct. At least for now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I, um, you're right. I mean, it was not what I was expecting. Uh, when I'm asking it closer to God, I felt 
again, it's neutral. Like, why would he care about Instagram? Why would he care about the fact that I'm interested in politics? Like, why would these things matter? Uh, man, and I've talked about before um, this verse in Psalms uh, 73, 25, that says, there's nothing on earth I desire besides you. And that has been my prayer for the last six months, every day. God, how can, like, can you help me that this could be true, that there's nothing on earth I desire besides you? And that's the interesting thing, Brian, is as I've started to pull away some of these neutral things, it was a starting of, okay, God, I want to take out these pieces of my life and fill with more of you. And at first it was like, this is really hard. Like, I love Instagram. I love it so much. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, a few weeks later, a few months later, I don't miss it. Yeah. Because this verse of there's nothing on earth I desire besides you is becoming such a prayer of my heart that I just don't miss some of those things that I thought that I would. And I think in that prayer, the journey is um, him, the Lord identifying, helping us identify what's in the way for us. Oftentimes we're caught by cultural imagery that takes right. us in the, in the wrong direction. Like, for example, we view surrender as at the end of a battle, when you're finally defeated, you raise your white flag. <laughs> That's so accurate. And like, and like grit your <laughs> teeth and go, fine. Right. With like one arm cut off. Right. You're like, all right, fine. I surrender. Right. Yeah. But, but I think spiritual right. surrender is, is ju- just what you're saying. It's the opposite. It's like, I can't wait to give up. It's yeah. like you surrender before you start. Right. You're like, yay, I get to give up. Uh, and it's a difficult concept to teach, I think. It is, yeah. But, you know, to, to your point, God was asking you to give up almost your your hobbies and and the things you prided yourself in like you you prided yourself in being in the know yeah yeah that's a good point and see i had a different level of pride god destroyed me on yeah and, and my journey in breaking in this was i prided myself in having a faith i could almost create a list with like i do these things i think these things therefore i've got it all figured out and these poor souls over here that don't agree with me on these things don't know what they're doing. Mm. And it wasn't until God broke me and showed showed me the gray and how there's other people who see it differently and that he wants me to see it in a different way than my little checkbox that I had to totally surrender. And it was and I couldn't yeah. wait to do it. Right, that joyfully. Cuz I was like, wow, I had this wrong. I can't wait to get this right. You know, one thing though I will push a little bit on is for me it started with some of that Brian, like things that I could have connected to sin or pride. Um, but it's continued that that he, God has asked me to give up a lot of neutral things that have, again, no spiritual impact. So, um, I mean, just recently, this has looked like God asking me to give up different media I was interacting with that had no sense of pride, like just a literally pointless show I was watching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this has been... Even recently, I've done this with different foods. Like, this isn't sin. This is just um, sugar. I, I've been going through this recently where when I would reach for sugar, um, I literally started to feel this conviction of, of, Hannah, could you find the same joy in me that you find in sugar? Okay, so eating sugar is not a sin. That wasn't connected to pride. But this was, a, again, a neutral thing, something that is not good or bad. Right. It is not sinful or giving God glory that 
it's this other area that God's saying, could, would you surrender this and replace it with me? And this is where it gets <laughs> crazy because as a believer, that, that if you are focused on the gospel being free, this sounds crazy. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's and like, unnecessary. Hannah, yes. What are you doing? I would have been in this exact sh- place a year ago. If someone would have told me this, I would have been like, y'all need to chill out. <laughs> like, why are you, why are you trying to earn fun. this? Yeah. Why are you tra- like loosen up? And man, this, this concept that eternal life, I talked about this last time I was on, isn't getting into heaven. John 17, three, Jesus says, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God. If the gift of my salvation and the thing I am receiving for free from the gospel is knowing God, Mm -hmm. then it makes me surrendering things now in order to know him more, literally the sweetest thing in life, like better than anything. Somebody texted in and was um, addressing the tension we mentioned about surrender and legalism. This person says, I love it, Hannah, because surrender is not legalism. It is giving all of ourselves to God. Yeah. And when you mention sugar, that sounds like legalism to me. But I love <laughs> I'm with you on I know. I know. And it's not. I'm just saying. It's hard for it not to be like, what do you got to give up? But that's, Janelle, that's the cool part is it's like, listen, anyone who's listening to me, do not do this. Like, don't just get up, get turn off the radio and be like, okay, I'm going to stop eating sugar today yeah. so that I or can. Goodbye, hey, Instagram. God. Yeah. Like, the, the amazing part about this, I just listened to this uh my friend Noel sent me this thing from Francis Chan, and he said, um, man, I just imagine that we're going to like get to heaven, and we're going to find Moses, and we're going to be like, Moses, what was it like to be face-to-face with God? Like, what was it like to be on top of the mountain and literally see God's presence come down? You know, and Moses is going to be like, man, it was awesome, and tell us all about it. And then he's going to look at us and say, and what was it like to have a part of the Trinity living in you. Like, what was it like to have God with you <laughs> yeah. all the time? I we'll mean, be like, oh, I guess I didn't think about it. Yeah, I think that we forget <laughs> yeah. that, like, we read these stories and are like, man, could you imagine if God interacted with us with that way? Y'all, he does. He wants to. He does. There is more. And, like, this whole journey for me of coming to God and saying, I, and this, again, this was a year ago when I, this all started, when I wasn't working anymore. I lost some big clients. I had this baby that I didn't know what to do with. I just felt like I didn't know who I was. And it was like, God, I'm very confused on who you are. I'm very confused on who I am. And I want more of you. And I don't know how to do that. And I don't know what that means. To then stand here a year later and tell you that the desire in my heart for God and nothing else is so great that, like, I want everyone to know it. Like, I. It is so sweet. And like, for me, it's not like, oh, I'm going to give up sugar so that I lose a few pounds or I'm not, I'm going to stop watching Netflix so I don't feel guilty. It is like the sweetness of God that I was missing for the last 10 years as a believer is worth surrendering all of this. And that's how it starts. It's, It's like coming to God and this personal interaction of like, God, I want more. I want more. I don't just want you as a worldview. I don't just want you as this nice thing that I believe. I don't just want you as this thing that gets into he- gets me into heaven. But if eternal life, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. 
That just doesn't mean heaven. That means knowing God. And if we aren't getting to know God every day, we are literally missing the best, like the reason he came. Yeah. The best part of of what we get for salvation. When, as you've been praying about this, you mentioned Psalm. Yes. And that's been your prayer. Can you share it with us again? Somebody wanted it. And I'm sure others want to write it down. uh, Psalm 73, 25. The beginning of that verse, it starts out like, who have I in heaven but you? And then the second half says, there is nothing on earth I desire besides you. When I'm hearing you say this, what, what what's interesting is legalism would say, I'm giving up Instagram forever. Mm. And what you're doing instead of just releasing it, not knowing if it's forever or not. Like for, for me, I, an idol in my life was music for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I had to pray that God would take it away from me, and he did. And But now I can do music at church, and it's not an idol. Right. And I can enjoy it and love it. I, he didn't ask me to give it up forever. I still have my bass. I still play drums. But he recreated that within me. You know, like it, it was a new birth of it. Where right. now I'm using it for his glory, and I'm not turning into a prideful jerk with it. Right. Do you see, how, do, do you see yourself growing back into some of these things again as God reshapes you? <laughs> You know, it's really funny because <laughs> I think we should just rename this show Things We've Learned from Dr. Julie Slattery. I know! <laughs> oh because my goodness. You at the 6 o'clock She's like hour. She's the puppeteer <laughs> at the She literally the is. You at the 6 o'clock hour, Janelle, were saying about this thing with marriage and how Julie uh, challenged you on this. So, yeah. uh, Julie, as, as I've been going through this, there's been a few women in my life, uh, Julie Slattery, Noelle Beck. Laura Veal. There's these there's certain women who, as this obsession in God, with God in my heart is growing, I see these women who are way ahead of me. And I just ask them every question. Like, what's going on? Why am I becoming so obsessed with God? Like, why am I willing to give this stuff up right now? Like, I was at a guys, I was at a party the other day with dancing and like fun, and I was in the corner praying with someone. I was like, turning into like this i used to make fun of this person anyway so i was talking to julie with about some of this stuff again renaming the show things we learned from dr slattery (laughs) and i said uh man i just i'm giving up my my instagram i deleted my website i got rid of you know um these the podcasts i was listening to i changed i don't watch tv i like all of these weird things that are happening and i was like it's just weird that this is the new me And Julie said, I wouldn't be surprised if God brought some of those things back in your life, but they would look completely different. That's what I'm talking about. Your motivation would be different. That's it. Your heart would be different. Um, And it's possible. I mean, I I did make a post on Instagram this week for the first time in a long time, um, but it was about people learning to read the Bible. (laughs) I mean, I just, I just, um, this thought of God being the greatest desire I thought was only reserved for these like super Christians who were a little bit boring. You know what I mean? Like kind of weird. Yeah. Like if Julie actually, you know, could enjoy a party and was an extrovert like me, she wouldn't want to spend so much time with God. And instead, and again, in humility, uh, man, God has been showing me even this verse in Galatians five, it gives this perfect picture of, The chapter starts in Galatians 5 of talking about the freedom, right? It's free. The gospel's free. All of this is free. How amazing. Paul says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Therefore, stand firm. Do not submit against a yoke of slavery. 
and goes on to say, like, circumcision doesn't matter. The law, that, that it doesn't make you good or bad or closer to God or not. There is complete freedom in the gift of Jesus. Like, wow, it's free. I don't have to do anything. That's awesome. But then in the second half of chapter 5, Galatians 5.16, he says, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And coming full circle to this conversation about giving up neutral things, this is where God started to teach me a lot of these things is walking by the Spirit. Walking is such a neutral word. It is something you do every day. I walked this morning to my car. I walked from my car to here. I will now walk to go pick up my baby. Thank you, Caleb, for hanging out with him this morning. Like there's walking is just this neutral thing that we do to get us everywhere. And I just am so struck that this 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 encouragement in Galatians 5 is to walk in the Spirit. That our everyday small interactions, it's this heart of like, God, how can I not just remove the neutral? Removing the neutral will not make you closer to God. It won't. Correct. You could take away Netflix. You could take away sugar. You could take away uh, Instagram, social media, anything. You could take those things away. But if John seventeen three says eternal life, good life is knowing God, it has to be replaced with something. We're not just becoming, we're not just removing, we're replacing. Because removing is legalism. Yeah, exactly. But well, I love that yeah. you approach this not so much with let me cancel Instagram. It was more, Lord, make me more thirsty of you. Make oh, me that's desire all, yeah. you more. And I think it makes you open to what we should do, which is give him control. Yeah. Let him guide us through the changes we make. I just never knew that there was so much more of God. And friends, if you are listening and it's like, yeah, I know this. Like, I grew up in the church. Hello, I'm listening to Moody Radio. Obviously, I'm an awesome Christian. Um, my encouragement is that there is more. This personal side of knowing God mm-hmm. is better than any Christian thing you've ever experienced. It's better than a Christian podcast, a Christian sermon, a Christian life group, than biblical community, than getting involved. I mean, intimacy and one-on-one with God, There's, it's the best part of God. It's not just coming to know Christ for the first time. Yeah, it's it's. it's I really thought surrender. that's what it was for a long time. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I— know Christ, this has already happened. These verses about transforming and renewing and surrendering, like, I did this when I came to know Christ. And I I just never even considered that it is this constant renewal and that there is more to God. It's amazing. He doesn't want you to look the same as you did when you made that transactional confession. Yeah, but I always thought that came through other Christians. Like, I needed to be in a life group and going to a church and learning from a pastor in order to do that. I just had no idea that that could be just me and Jesus. Well, and to take it even deeper, perhaps someday else we'll talk about that. But notice, what, I love Romans 12 too. It says, but let God transform yeah. you into a new person. That means you're probably resisting. Yeah. Oh, it's, you did. It's hard work. Oh, I loved resisting. <laughs> and see, what you're yeah. doing now is he's showing you all the ways you resist. And yeah. he's slowly dismantling that. Yeah. But when you do it in an authentic Christ-centered surrender— it doesn't hurt as much right? because you want to give it up. Yeah, it's that, again, when people would say, oh, it's a heart issue, it's that desire. And friends, as I was even on my drive here, I was praying. As you're listening to this, I was praying for you. I was praying for you this morning saying, God, would you awake your church in Northeast Ohio? Like, would you make it so that men and women in your church who have known you for years would say that 
you are not only one of their greatest desires, but the only desire. Word to your mother. (laughs) Man, I just love talking about this. It was so fun. Um, Just kind of hashing out this idea of giving up neutral stuff and... Man, that verse, uh, Psalm 73, 25, I just think I'm going to quote that to anyone I talk to every day for the rest of my life. So you might hear it a few times. Uh, well, thanks for joining the There's More podcast. I think you are catching the vibe here that I just really, really want you to know, friend, that there is more.